Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with Tom Omer, who's an actor. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome back to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and thank you for tuning in today. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. It's a pleasure having you. If this is your second, third, however many times you've tuned in before, thanks so much for your continued support. It means so much. If you wouldn't mind leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play, it'd be much appreciated. In today's conversation, I speak with Tom Omer, who's an actor and has played roles in Red Band Society, Moonlight, Taj.0, NCIS LA, Criminal Minds, Monk, and many others. Tom shares some of his early childhood times and roots in Indiana, and then brings us into the start of his acting career out in California. We discuss the various roles that Tom has played in where and how he's been able to find strength in these times uh, and in his daily walk. He opens up on some of his core values and uh, the, the ethics that he brings into his Christian walk and navigating between the lines in the entertainment industry. I'm excited for this conversation. Tom comes with a really great spirit um, and appreciation for uh, SOF missions, a group that he supports and is, um, is part of himself, helping veterans, and also everything that that we discuss is coming from a place of, of joy and hoping to bring peace into into the listeners. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Tom Omer. I'm gonna turn it on over right now. Tom, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Good to be here. My pleasure. So how I want to kick things off and where I typically start is by actually taking uh, yourself back a bit more and going into your uh, your childhood and your faith upbringings. I want to know what times were like for you uh, growing up as a boy. Oh, yeah. That's a great place to start from the beginning, right? From the beginning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, um, I actually uh, grew up in a, a pretty small town in Indiana, and um, my, my parents actually had a, a real interesting background. My mother was born in Bulgaria. And she grew up in Austria. And then during World War II, she was actually interned by the Nazis. And Patton's Third Army came in and liberated her and her family. And she came to the United States and married my dad, who was in the Army, serving Mm. in the Army. And they ended up being married 52 years together. And they had five kids. I'm one of five kids. Uh, So we settled in Indiana when I was real little. Uh, We all settled there. And that's where I was raised. And... Uh, I was raised as an Episcopalian, and um, some people call that Catholic light. <laughs> so, um, but uh, but it was uh, it was very important to our family. Um, every Sunday, we would pile into the station wagon, and you know it's it's funny. You know you see memes and stuff. You know the, the seven people in the station wagon. Nobody had seat belts on. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'd pile in the station wagon and we'd head to church every Sunday. And um, it was very, a very important part of my upbringing. I learned a lot uh, about about the Bible and about uh, Jesus and about uh, you know just the, the, just the way of, of upbringing. Uh, it was just part of my upbringing, and I have vivid memories of 
of going to church and especially during the holidays where the church was all decorated. They made a big thing about decorating the church for Christmas, you know, that sort of thing. And so anyway, that's, that's the way I was raised, uh, right out of high school. Uh, I decided I did not want to go to college. And so I joined the army kind of followed in my father's footsteps. I served three years in the army. And after that I decided, yeah, maybe I will go to college. So I, uh, joined, joined. I, I enrolled at uh, Indiana University down in Bloomington, and it was, it was a good time down there. I had a really, I was in a fraternity, and and just really enjoyed my education there, both, both uh, uh, intellectual education and the social education. Uh, mm. I just, you know, it was just a great environment. We won the NCAA. Bobby Knight was a coach. You know, that was, those were good times back then. And while I was there, they actually, uh, they were filming a, a film, and I don't know if you've ever heard of the film Breaking Away. Have you ever heard of that? It was a, it was a film yeah. done in, in the late 70s. Uh, it was about a bicycle race that we had every year at Indiana, because Indi- Indianapolis is known for the Indy 500, so we had this bicycle race called the Little 500, and they wanted to do a movie about it. And everybody thought it'd be this little movie that nobody would ever hear about. Ended up winning an Academy Award. And so that summer they were shooting this film and they were looking for extras. So they pulled a bunch of extras from the from the fraternities and sororities because it was kind of revolving around that lifestyle a little bit as well. So I got to be on the set for about a week just seeing how the film – and it just fascinated me. You know, I, 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 I just fell in love with the whole process of, of – the way they were creating this this movie and so I decided to leave college before I even graduated and put everything I owned into a truck and moved to California to be an actor (laughs) (laughs) that's that that's too funny I um I I was hoping you're gonna say Indiana Hoosiers the Hoosiers movie I've seen that I've seen that a handful of times oh that's um, a great that's a classic classic. Gene Hackman I mean that that's a classic yeah it really is but um, but but you mentioned that you you got up and moved to California and you know you you hear these uh, maybe stereotypes or depiction of actors going to California sleeping on couches hoping you know waiting tables or doing kind of these different jobs and right. really in search and in hope that there'll be an opportunity um, to to play to play a role and, and start to work into the industry sure. is was that. Was that the was that how it unfolded for you? Tell me a bit more about the the initial roots and how you really started to get plugged into the uh, the yeah, acting that's, scene. That, that's a great question because that that's so typical of of the way it is out in California and New York as well. Uh, the the reason being that you, you see so many waiters and that sort of thing as as you know up and coming actors, musicians, directors, writers, all that because you work at night and that keeps your days available to do your auditions but yet it gives you a, a you know some steady pay so you can survive while you're trying to book some work and the statistics of working actors versus non-working actors i mean it's amazing i think there's 350,000 members of the screen actors guild and on any given day there's only like 5% that are working so the odds are really against you that you'll that you'll be working on any given day, especially just getting started out. 
So yes, I waited tables. I was a bartender. I worked in an oyster bar, shucking oysters. I uh, drove a limousine. I mean, <laughs> I did. I did so many different roles and or jobs, and just you know, during the day, I would I would go to auditions. I would study. I was always in an acting class, always trying to improve myself and so forth. And it actually took me, I would say, probably at least three years before I got my first speaking role. And in fact, that was uh, uh, the role of the show Dynasty. I don't know, you're, you're probably too young to remember that, but uh, uh, maybe some of the people in your audience will remember that mm -hmm. from the 80s. Dynasty was like what Walking Dead is today. That's the way Dynasty was back then. Everybody watched it. It was a really popular show. And I played Joan Collins' chauffeur. That was my first, uh, my first big speaking role. But yeah, as far as, uh, you know, you, you go out to L.A. and yeah, everybody that's a waiter. In fact, there's a there's an old joke. If you have a, a group of people like at a party situation or whatever and nobody kind of knows each other, everybody's kind of getting to know each other. What do you do? Well, I'm an attorney. What do you do? Oh, I'm a doctor. What do you do? I'm an actor. Oh, really? What restaurant do you work at? <laughs> you know, it's, it, because, like I said, yeah. it, it's very conducive to the yeah. to the entertainment industry to be working at night to keep your days free. And it's flexible too. Like when I remember working as a as a wait, waiter, and I booked something, and it, it would shoot the following day in the in a different city, and I had to be gone. So you know, I'd say, "Hey, can you work my shift tomorrow? I'll work your shift." You know, so everybody kind of covered for each other. So it's it's actually a very good way. And I would you know, I I speak a lot to high schools and 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 different uh, uh, kids that are that are thinking about going to Hollywood and so forth, I, I speak a lot to them and give them advice. And one of the advices I always give to them is make sure you have some kind of job. You don't want to go out there and think, yeah, I'm going to start booking roles and because it, it can take years before you start making an income at the acting. It's so competitive and it's so difficult to make a living at it. Uh, there's very, very few people that are actually making a living at it it's it's a really tough business to get into and yeah. to maintain i mean there's even guys who, who are series regulars for years and they're out of work now and they're looking for work they're back to auditioning and so forth so even when you get something going like a series regular somebody doesn't guarantee that you're you know working it's not like the corporate world where and that was one of the big mistakes I made when I went out to Hollywood. I thought Hollywood was a lot like the corporate world where you would go in, you would do a role, you'd do really well. Somebody would notice, hey, yeah, we're going to have you on our show. And then you do really well. Oh, yeah, we'll have you on our show. And it would just build kind of like if you were working for a corporation. Yeah, we're going to promote you. Now you're, you know, regional manager. Now you're district manager. Mm. Now, it, no, it doesn't work that way. Mm. It's like as soon as the show ends, you're unemployed. You're looking for work again. Yeah. Well, I, I, I find it fascinating how you've been able to be so flexible. And I think traces can be found in your, uh, you know, working all these different types of jobs where you, you know, put your hand out there and, and were just willing to do anything. And I've, but I found that uh, in terms of the roles that you've played, um, you've played, you know, seeming, seemingly just distinct different character types. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're not the, the same person throughout. Uh, was look was looking and I know that you're you know you've been a rocket scientist to a hitman to a sergeant and have been able to adapt and adjust. How how have you been able to um, or how how do you see uh, that 
kind of manifesting and, and the, the ability to do so when I think a lot of a lot of people t- tend to specialize and focus on one thing, but it seems that you've been able to do all of them quite quite well. Yeah, it, um, uh, thanks for that. And, and I think the the main reason is a life experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've done, and, and oddly enough, one of the for, for six years I was just pounding the pavement, and like I said, working all those odd jobs I was telling you about. And in uh, the late '80s, uh, I actually joined LAPD. They were hiring. And I, I joined LAPD and became a police officer and kind of put the acting on the back burner for a little bit. But what I found is LAPD is such a large agency that they do all their internal videos. So they have their own video and TV and sound department and everything to make their own training videos. And they found out with my acting background. So I ended up doing a lot of the training videos for for LAPD. And then I would do commercials on my days off and, Mm -hmm. and I would actually volunteer to work the night shift. So I'd keep my days free. So I was still, but what I found is that my acting career took off once I became a police officer, because I was all of a sudden starting to do all these cop roles. And I think the reason for that is because they they like authenticity in in these shows. Most mm-hmm. of them, some of them don't. Um, but uh, uh, most of the shows like authenticity. So when I would audition for a role as a cop, for example, I'd say, "Oh, you're really a cop? Yeah." So now they know I know how to hold the gun. I know how to if I'm arresting somebody, I know how to put the handcuffs on. I know the 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 way we talk. You know our vernacular, that sort of thing. So. It was it was uh, interesting that all of a sudden I started working a lot as a cop. So all those cop roles that I've done uh, is directly because of that. Um, as far as other roles like a hitman, obviously I've never been a hitman. But <laughs> what you do for those types of roles, uh, you just use your imagination, uh, you know, and and the training that you get. And so yeah, so when I if there's a scene where I'm killing somebody, well maybe in my mind, you know, I'm. I'm not saying, well, yeah, I know what it feels, to, you know, like kill somebody this way, so I can just do. It's like, well, what if I was this, you know, hitman, and what would that feel like, you know? So you just you use your imagination. I mean, that's what being an actor is all about, really. Is you just use your imagination to portray a character that you're, you know, paid to portray, and mm. if you can make it convincing, then hopefully you'll get more work, mm. and you know it'll. Uh, it leads to to other things, but as far as I mean, some actors are just phenomenal. You like one of my favorite watching is is uh, Jeff Bridges. I mean, that guy, he can do everything from you know being the dude on uh, the Big Lebowski to um, you know to Iron Man being the the corrupt executive on Iron Man. I mean, mm-hmm. and and True Grit, he can play. You know, so that that kind of actor to me can can do anything and, and they're just brilliant most actors have like a niche and 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 I really do kind of have a niche I, mm-hmm. I usually play either authority authority type mm-hmm. of figure you know a, a military guy or a, or a policeman or a detective or you know a dad something like that but every now and then you do get those kind of fun ones like like the hitman that you get to play and, and it's just fun you know you mm-hmm. you're basically just get you're getting paid to have fun and play you know mm-hmm. so yeah uh, yeah that's that's wonderful and a few things that you mentioned I want to think kind of tran- translating this to a faith uh, into your faith into your faith life and faith walk uh, you mentioned authenticity and imagination and play 
um, mm-hmm. a few a few components that I think are important as we think about our faith. Um, but I want to know how how do you uh, when you're when you're walking on, on on set and you start to play a role, how does your faith um, play a role in that really in that kind of that that day to day mindset and that and just to kind of in a, as you're in, in this acting profession as well? Yeah, uh, like I mentioned, growing up as Episcopalian, you know, like I said, I knew about God, I knew about the Lord and all that, mm-hmm. but I, I never really felt a personal connection with him. And it wasn't until many years later, in fact, uh, probably uh, I've been in L.A. for probably maybe 15 years, uh, not really going to church, not really, you know, I'd say a prayer every now and then, but it was a superficial prayer, you know, Lord, please help me book this role, you know, that kind of thing. And I, I never had a personal connection. And, and there was a, a moment uh, in my life out there where things were uh, really dark for me. And I had a friend of mine who attended a, a not a non-denom- non-denominational uh, uh Christian church and it you know the with the worship band and with the pastor who would come out and he would just you know speak a message instead of a lot of formalities it was very kickback and very and they talked me into going there and I went there and it was amazing because I would hear some some scripture that I've never really I've heard before, but never really made sense to me. And then the way the pastor would explain it to me, you know, it was just amazing. And so I got more and more involved and, and mm. really decided for the first time really to just completely turn my life over to the Lord mm. and, and, and told him, Hey, you know, I've, I've been trying this for a long time. I've been messing up, you know, you tell me what you want me to do and, and I will follow you. Mm. So to that end, I use that in my daily life now. I mean, I'm, I, I've, I've read the Bible. I've read probably three or four different versions of Bibles, uh, probably four or five times. I, I go to a Bible study. Uh, I attend church regularly. I'm always reading Scripture, always reading books about Scripture, and just trying to get closer and closer to the Lord. And what I do when I go on the set, because a lot of times it's very nerve-wracking. You know, you, you go on the set, and there's... These people, especially the big shows, you know, like Criminal Minds, and you know they're a very popular show. And the, the, it's like a, it's like a machine, a well-oiled machine. Boom! Everybody's, everybody works together, and they're used to working together every week. And then once a week, they'll get guest stars that come on and and join the family, so to speak, and and join in on the show, on the yeah, show, and. So it, your expect, expectations, it's very high that uh, that you better do a good job there because you're on a top-rated show, you're working with the, the consummate professionals, and you better not mess up. So there's that pressure there. So I I always, you know, I go into my dressing room, it's nice and quiet, I'm by myself, and I, and I pray there. I just say, Lord, please just get me through the day. Let me meet the people you want me to meet. Let me say the, the the things you want me to say, let the words come out right, let me memorize my lines, mm-hmm. you know, just use him as my guide in, mm-hmm. in every aspect of that. And that, that's what gets me mm-hmm. through, uh, not only my acting gigs, but also just my daily life. You know, I ride a motorcycle every day. I, in fact, I haven't owned a car in 10 years. I just ride motorcycles mm-hmm. all the time. So first thing I do when I get on that bike, you know, I just ask the Lord for a bubble of protection. So just protect me today, and and so yeah, it's it, it's 
definitely a huge part of my life mm-hmm. where I can't imagine a day going by where I'm not, you know, speaking and, yeah. and, and conversing with the Lord and just saying, what do you want me to do today? <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. it's just, uh, I just feel like I'm the vessel for what, in fact, I have a couple, there's a there's a phrase for it, and I forgot what it's called, but when you have a life phrase or when you have a life scripture, there's certain scripture that, that's kind of like your life scripture or yes, whatever, and I yes. have two, actually. Uh, Philippians 4.13 is the one mm. that uh, that I think about every day, and, and I don't know. I'm, I'm sure most of your audience knows that, but it's, it's mm. basically I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm. And the other one is uh, Jeremiah 29.11, and that is, you know, hey, God's saying to you, I have a plan for you, and it's, mm-hmm. it's to do you good and not harm. So, and I, and I believe that, you know, I, in fact, I, I firmly believe that the best for me is yet to come. Mm-hmm. I, I, even though I'm, <laughs> you know, I've lived a pretty full life already, I still believe that the best is yet to come, and there's some mm-hmm. huge plans for me coming up, so I'm real excited about it. Yeah, I think that hope is such an important part uh, to really lean in on and, and, and trust and have belief in. That there is hope for more, hope for um, hope for a, hope for a future and plans to prosper, as uh, yeah. as, in, as in Jeremiah. Um, right. And I, I know, especially in in the environment that you're that you're in, it's um, not I'm not everyone's Christian. Uh, I'm sure very small, a select right. few are. Right. Um, what have been uh, the biggest challenges that you've that you faced with your with your faith and being true to your faith? in the entertainment world and this can be you know with the external factors or maybe something that's kind of has been going on within you yeah that's uh you're right uh uh, hollywood is not there are aspects of hollywood that are very uh faith friendly you know in fact a lot of the studios have realized that some of the uh best-selling movies i mean I can only imagine. Look how much money that made. Mm-hmm. And so the studios have have realized that hey, there's a there's a market out there for faith based films. So some of the studios like Sony has started their own their own studio uh, PureFlix mm-hmm. just to do faith based films. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there is that aspect of it where there are a lot of faith based uh, productions, directors, writers, that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. it's a very small. Uh, portion of Hollywood, a very small niche, and most of it is not only not Christian, but very anti-Christian and very um, uh, hostile towards Christians and, and to conservatives and that sort of thing. So it, it's a challenge. There are, I, I keep politics completely out of my life. You know, I'm not a very political person anyway, but I'm very patriotic, but I'm, I'm just not a political person really. So I, that, that part of it, I really stay out of mm. because that's you know something that uh, you you really don't want to but as far as faith uh, I just if somebody asks me about it I I'm feel more than comfortable talking about it but if I'm not you know I don't go on the set and walk around to people and say are you saved are you saved you know you do something like that and, and you will you you won't work it's it kind of reminds me if you've ever been to a, one of the sporting events and you're there with your family or whatever, you're with there a bunch of friends and you're walking in, everybody's having a good time, and there's some guy standing on the corner with a huge sign and a megaphone saying, you'll burn in hell if you don't, you know, I mean, that kind of stuff, it, it turns more people off to Christianity than anything, you know, mm-hmm. he, I, I, I can't understand those guys, they, they think they're doing 
good and they're actually doing a disservice mm. and, and uh, you know I think uh, I don't know so anyway so I I see the people who are very outwardly vocal and very um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, very uh, demeaning to to non-Christians or whatever mm. I, I think that's a very very uh, bad thing mm. to do I just show you know, kindness and love to everybody. You know, I just, I'm, I'm nice to people. I mm. just, I'm open and available. I'm very professional on the set. Um, always show up early and, you know, very, uh, and, and so I think that kind of, in a way shows, uh, that there's something different because a lot of people that work in the entertainment industry aren't very dependable or they're, uh, into, you know, substance abuse or whatever, and they are not dependable as an employee. And, and, and so I think the, the people who kind of keep a, uh, a professional attitude and, and mm. work when they're, and do what they're supposed to do. I think those are the people who are, are successful and they're mm. doing well. Yeah. And, and I, I know you've mentioned, um, that discipline and work ethic, um, which you've attributed to the U S army has helped fuel your acting career. And I wanted to, to really think about these values and um, why they're so important and uh, how you think about these as kind of a, a part of your, 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 your Christian walk and, um, and are, you know, integral to how, how you develop as a person. Right, yeah. The, there's, there's a scripture, and I'm sure you know what it is. I, there's a lot of scripture I know, but I don't, can't really pinpoint it where it is in the Bible. But there is one that, that talks about uh, the Lord saying that uh, when you work for somebody, don't uh, you're not working for them. You're working for the Lord. So you know whatever job you have, uh, you know if you work for the cable company installing cable boxes, you know the Lord says you're not working for the cable company installing cable boxes. You're working for me, the mm. Lord, and show that through your work. Mm. And so I kind of feel that way. Uh, I I feel like yeah, I'm working for the studios and I'm doing these roles. But it, I'm trying to shed a good light on. I want to, you know, the, it, to. I, I don't want to do anything to, to um, you know. In fact, I've I've had a lot of scripts sent to me that were very major productions uh, with big studios, big directors, and they send me the script, and I read the script, and there's things in there that I just don't approve of. Mm. Um, either every other word's f this and f that, or you know, scenes that I, I just don't feel comfortable with uh i my kind of my barometer is if i my kids can't see it i don't want to do it you know so i've turned down some work and i know it's hurt me uh because especially uh, one movie in particular is a really well-known director and it was a part that could have really propelled my career and i refused to do it and my agent was upset with me because it could have really you know helped with exposure and that sort of thing but i just in my heart didn't feel mm -hmm. I don't need to do that, you know. I would mm -hmm. rather not work than do a part like that. So it's held me back. Is but in the long run, you know, the way I look at it, you know, I'm on Earth for just a very short time compared to what eternity is going to be. So I'm trying to do my best down here, and and uh, you know, I've messed up, and I've, <laughs> you know, I've made a lot of mistakes, but I'm trying, and uh, I, I just try to be the best person I can be, and and try not to hurt anybody, and be be kind to everybody, and you know, I'm I'm trying. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
if, if there was one movie um, or you know show that you've been on uh, that was your favorite and you'd encourage people to, to, to check out and listen as their as their first as their first uh, kind of first order first first line of duty what what would you recommend gosh I there's so many shows and movies I've done I've liked for so many different reasons yeah. you know there's some shows I've done I love because there was a lot of action because yeah. I do a little bit of stunt work and so forth you know and mm-hmm. there was you know cars blowing up and planes whizzing by and I'm running and getting shot and falling down and you know there's there's shows like that that are fun for that but as far as meaningful shows and something that I did a, I got involved with a uh, film called Surrender Only to One mm. and when I was out in LA this group came out and said hey we're doing this film and it's to help veterans uh, cope with PTSD and and the suicide epidemic and we're doing a docudrama and we're looking for somebody to play a four-star general would you be interested and I looked at the script and met with the people and I just thought it was wonderful because I have a real heart for the veterans I do a lot of volunteer. I actually Gary Sinise is a friend of mine. I've known him for like eight years, and he does a ton of work for the veterans. And I volunteer for his organization. And so anyway, so this this group, uh, they said, yeah, we're doing this film, and would you be interested? Yeah. So I did it, and I got to know the the people more. It's it's the president is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Damon Freeman, and he's I think he's even been on your podcast. Uh, he's a uh, really good guy and uh, he's a, a Air Force Special Ops uh, to McDill Air Force Base and he started SOF Missions which stands for Shield of Faith Missions and their Surrender Project is this film that we did and what it is it just it basically interviews uh, some uh, warriors uh, some really uh, important veterans and the the things they saw and did and, and how faith got them through that mm-hmm. and so that project I would recommend uh, as as a really uh, a great that was one of the films I'm really proud of because it when people watch it it changes their lives I've had so many people who have seen that and have come up to me and said you know this change this film changed my life and and or they'll say I know my uncle is serving right now or my brother or my father or my son or whatever and they they show them the film and it, it it's made a huge impact on mm. them and in fact it, it, I enjoyed it so much I actually work part-time for that organization now SOF missions as the veteran and law enforcement liaison and we spread the word with this film surrender only to one so of all the projects I've done that's the one I'm the most proud of Mm-hmm. I, I think being able to connect um, and, and find meaning and uh, through experience, but also uh, feeling the the pain and having empathy and uh, for for what other people are going through um, in in an issue and a challenge that is incredibly hard for for a lot of veterans um, and being able to uh, to to incorporate that into a film, I thought was mm-hmm. a, an incredible way to to share that share that voice and make it make it known make it heard and the purpose uh, and mission behind it all as well um, surrender only to one um, so th- thanks for sharing and I, I do hope that folks can check out this movie I've had the opportunity to watch it myself and very much enjoyed um, Damon and, 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 and all the uh, all the actors and characters that um, that have been part of that film as well yeah and, and and people can access that uh, by just going to the west website it's sof like shield of faith missions.com mm. 
and you can order the DVD and and we're a nonprofit so a hundred percent of the profit from these uh, sale of the DVDs and so forth goes to sponsoring mm-hmm. a veteran to help them mm-hmm. uh, get through their struggles that's right Tom just wanted to know uh, where folks can can find you if they want to follow along uh, and hear and hear and you know possibly see a bit more of the the work that you've been doing yeah sure uh, I have a website it's tomomer.com that's t-o-m-o-h-m-e-r.com mm-hmm. that's my website and also I'm on IMDB uh, I'm sure a lot of your listeners know that uh, know that website that's a uh, uh, whenever I book something new, in fact, I got a film that's coming out. Uh, another film I'm very proud of. It's called Man with a Silver Case. We shot it in Switzerland for a month, and it's it's an awesome film. It's going to be really really cool, and that's going to be out in a few months. So that'll be something to look out for. And that's mm-hmm. on IMDb. Uh, so yeah, and then I'm on YouTube. Also, I have mm-hmm. my demo reel on YouTube, and and I'm on Facebook, and you know I'm yeah. pretty accessible through Great. social media. The only thing I don't do is Twitter. I just uh, I just I have a Twitter handle, but I've never used it. it. I yeah. just I don't know. There's just so much negativity going around that yeah. platform. I just stay away from that. But I'm on uh, Instagram and and Facebook, yeah, as yeah. well as my website. Yeah. Well, I I don't blame you. I think Twitter is a is a tough tough platform to be on it's toxic toxic it really is it's just it's like diving into a sewer i just uh i i just uh i i try to stay away from that yeah yeah um and then finally just a word of advice uh, or encouragement for our listeners yeah i you know i tried for so many years to to do it on my own to think that you know i had it together and i knew what i was doing and I just thought I could do it all. And I realized at, at a point in my life, like I was mentioning to you when I was mm-hmm. back in California, it was a very dark part of my life where I just, I had to just completely surrender my life to the Lord and just, and so if you're in that place where you're struggling and you can't make sense of this, and you can't make sense of that, I would just suggest just asking for help and the way you do that is just say you know what i i tried it on my own i can't do it on my own lord take over and tell me what you want me to do i i had this vision uh, of me being like in a white erase board you know those uh, those books and i had a vision of i i just said lord just take an eraser and erase that completely so there's nothing on it at all and everything from now on that goes on that I want you to tell me what to put on that so I've been trying really hard uh, to to follow that and it's it's been amazing if nothing else it's given me a, a sense of peace that I just know that you know I don't worry about the future anymore I don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow I'm just taking it you know as, as it comes and and direction um, one of the one of the biggest pieces of advice that I can give this was given me given me uh, by a pastor out in California and I asked him one time I sat down and we were having breakfast and I said you know I, I have my life and I, I visualize it as this pie and I have a slice for my career I have a slice for my mm. family I have a slice for my career I have a slice for God how can I make that slice bigger for God because I really wanted to get to know God better and he said something so profound I've thought about it ever since he said the, you're thinking about it wrong. Don't think about the size the the size of the pie for God. He goes, make God the filling, 
And that way, no matter what slice you cut out of that pie, it's going to have God in it. Mm. So if it's a huge piece for your career, well, it's going to have a huge piece of God in there. If it's a little smaller piece for, you know, your your vehicle or whatever, it's still going to have God in it, you know. So I just thought that was a great analogy. So I would encourage people to think of their life mm. that way. Just think of it as a pie. God's the filling. And no matter what slice you take out of it, it's going to have him there. <laughs> Some great advice and encouragement, Tom. Thank you for, for sharing. And for for detailing a bit more about your your background in a short 35 40 minutes of time um, in, in in highlighting you know from, from from your childhood as a boy to to where you are today and and the the hope and the the promise for the future so thank you yeah. for joining guys like us podcast oh thanks for having me I appreciate it Tyler